Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134. Rockford has Texas on our Heartland Ford text line. Now, can you do that reverse spin driving like Rockford could back in the day in Rockford Files? James Garner's character. Hey, Bob, do you see any substance to Carolina kicking tires on Yesapoliarvi? Would you swap them straight across for Julian Goche? Um, give me till the end of the show. Let me get some more information on Goche. But I do think prospect for prospect will be the type of deal that you might see involving Poliarvi. I could totally see Carolina interested in him. Some uh, will mention Royal Pizza. Pizza and Pasta so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app for the, from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza, who have uh, advertised shows of mine now for a grand total of 19 consecutive years. Stop recommendations, Mediterranean chicken. I've known Cam Moon longer than that. He is the play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. Hello, Cam. How you doing? Very well. Yeah. What's going on there today? Well, you know, we uh, we had Brian Lawton on to talk a bit about Dave Tippett. Uh, Elliot Friedman was in to do the show. We heard from Olivier Rodrigo at his goaltending uh, uh, prospect. Look, you were a former Western Hockey League goalie. How difficult is it for goalies to come back from groin injuries during the Ooh, course of a season? Yeah, yeah. That's not only is it a a slow and winding process to get back. Then you're, you know, for the first little while, you're always worried that you're going to re-injure it. But yeah, that's uh, that would be up there. Groin or hamstring would both be, I would think, of. Uh, you know the most difficult to come back from. Look, you, uh, you're you're an, you're an Edmonton guy, so you know the Oilers, you know the Eskimos. Uh, Dylan Wells, OHL prospect, Olivier Rodrigue, uh, Quebec League prospect, Stuart Skinner, Western League prospect. The Oilers have got they finally got some goaltending depth prospect wise, don't they? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I was really happy to see uh, Stuart Skinner, a guy that I got to watch a lot in the Western Hockey League, and he's an Edmonton guy, which is great. Uh, have some success in the playoffs in the American Hockey League. That's outstanding. Yeah, the other two that you mentioned, you know, hopefully all of them will be right at the the edge of 
challenging for a spot sooner than later. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's all good news. I mean, anytime you can build your American League franchise up to be successful, which it looks like the Oilers absolutely have done that, and having those guys push for positions and it just you know show depth in the organization and, and things are going in the right way. So hopefully that continues. I would love to see uh, Stuart Skinner in the NHL. Carey Price and Carter Hart, the two best goaltenders you've seen in your league over the last 20 years? Yeah, probably. I'd even put Cam Ward in that mix, too. Yeah. Uh, those guys, as far as, like, when they were in the WHL, yeah, those those three were, like, dominant at, uh, at the WHL level. Ian Scott was Team Canada's backup goaltender. He went with the Prince Albert Raiders. Cam, you watched the league on a day-by-day basis. I thought on paper the Raiders were the best WHL rep as a champion since maybe the Kelowna Rockets when they had dry settle and Josh Morrissey in 2015. And the Rockets played pretty well in the tournament that year in Quebec City and made it to the final and probably should have beaten Oshawa, lost 2-1 in overtime. Um, what happened to, to Prince Albert this year uh, out in Halifax? You know, and, and I've, been, I, I've watched every game uh, and I watched everything through the playoffs. And I was trying to you know, figure it out, break it down. I, from the, fir- the first game, I totally understand. They played game seven on Monday. They flew right across the country on Wednesday. They had to play Friday in front of the hometown, uh, hometown team, the Halifax Mooseheads. So 10,000 strong at the game. It certainly does. The schedule like that doesn't set up for success for the Western League no. Club. Of course, that's the way it is when the WHL hosts. Yeah, uh, the the Quebec Major Junior League lands up getting the the host team on the first night. So you know that's I, I just didn't think going into it, I wasn't giving the Raiders a, a good shot, and especially the fact that the Halifax Mooseheads, as far as a host team goes, they're as legitimate as it gets. They went to Game Six of the Quebec Major Junior League final to lose to Rouen Naranda. But a team that goes all the way to the final as a host team, they're obviously a very good club. So I didn't think Prince Albert was going to win that game, and I didn't think they played very well in that game. I thought the next one against Ruan Naranda, I thought they played extremely well. So did I. And it was a game that could have went either way. And unfortunately for them, Ruan Naranda made good on their opportunities. Prince Albert didn't. I thought chance for chance, the game was you know, right down the middle equal. And then I thought Guelph pulled away in the, in the third game in the third period, it looked like they just had a little bit more, a little bit more in the tank, a little bit more talent. So, you know, that's how it goes. You win a, a WHL championship, you should feel like a million dollars. And and I know the Raiders do. And they were celebrated in Prince Albert uh, yesterday and, and had all sorts of things going on there in celebrating their WHL championship, their first since 1985. That's great. It's just tough when you when you go out there and you go over and you're back home before the whole thing's over. Uh, Cam Moon joining us, play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. The Rebels winning the 2001 Memorial Cup in Regina. Kelowna won, you know, Kootenay uh, won in 02. Kelowna won in 04. Um, in 07, Vancouver won 2008. Spokane won. But since then, just one championship over the course of the last 11 years. That was Edmonton in 2014. Last four years, Cam Moon, the WHL champion, including Brandon in Red Deer a couple of years ago, going on three, the w, uh, WHL champion has not won a game in the round robin since Leon Dreisettle's team was with the Kelowna Rockets in 2015. 
why is this happening in your opinion? Why is that there, you know, is it, give me two or three reasons why we see sort of reoccurring themes with the WHL seemingly having challenges matching up against the OHL and Quebec League champions. Well, the simple answer is you can say there's too many teams in the WHL, 22 teams, and the OHL has, has 20, and they're picking from a, a pretty big group yeah. in Ontario as far as minor hockey is concerned. And uh, the OHL has done a very good job at, uh, at getting American players to come play. WHL has done a pretty good job of getting uh, U.S. players, but I would think the OHL, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I would say their success rate might be a little bit better. Uh, so that's the, the easy answer is to say, or the kind of the broad stroke is uh, with 22 teams, obviously you're, you're, you're hurting your chances a little bit there. Uh, and maybe it, it, it's cyclical, of course. WR, junior hockey is a cyclical nature. And maybe five years from now, we're talking about the WHL winning four out of five Memorial Cups. I mean, that could very much happen. But what we have, at least what I've witnessed in the last four years is it, it seems that it's just spread a little thin. The talent is, is spread a little thin. And you know, I thought maybe a year ago, Swift Current, they, they loaded up, they made a ton of deals. Uh, most teams that are in contention will make some deals. Uh, you look at the Guelph Storm, I mean, they've got 11 players on their franchise that uh, were via trade. So, you know, no different than I thought Swift Current did that. I thought they had a, a, a real good shot. They were a little banged up, and unfortunately it didn't work out for them. But if you look at the two uh, host teams in the last four years, I mean, Red Deer went 2-2, two and two, Regina went 3-2. and two. So it's, it's not like WHL teams haven't won at the Memorial Cup in the last four years. It just, it's just the WHL champion who has just gone through four rounds of playoffs. And you know what? Maybe travel and fatigue is a part of it. Right. And that, that, that has been part of it, I guess, really since day one in the WHL. But the other leagues don't deal with it as much as you do out here. And when you go four rounds of playoffs and, and you start going, you know, when Brandon played in the, in the final, they played against the Seattle Thunderbirds. And you know, anybody that's ever looked at a map, you can see that Brandon yes. and Seattle aren't exactly close. So maybe that is part of it as well. I'm sure it's a bunch of factors that you put all together. I'm going to throw one at you. Okay. Sure. Is there enough emphasis on skill? And is there enough emphasis on allowing uh, defense specifically to be skilled with the puck? I think it's changing. I think yeah. it's changing that way. And maybe it's a little slow to change that way, but I think it is. So I, I, I do believe we are seeing more emphasis on skill in the WHL, and we are seeing more emphasis on uh, defensemen that uh, skate and move the puck. Um, so hopefully if that continues, that it can get you know, the WHL right up to speed here. Mooner, final question for you. Next year, okay. the Kelowna Rockets host the Memorial Cup. Um, give me four teams that could be potentially there as a WHL champion next year. I think uh, the Calgary Hitmen would be in that mix. Uh, that deal to add Jet Wu uh, from the Moose Jaw Warriors uh, is going to help them a lot. Uh, so I'd put them in there. Saskatoon Blades, I think, are going to have a very good club. Uh, Edmonton Oil Kings are, are awfully close. 
Uh, and the Vancouver Giants. And it could be a pretty good team again if Owen Byram comes back to the WHL. Of course, there's always those kinds of right. ifs, but if Byram does come back to the Giants, they would uh, probably be in that mix. A lot of people uh, think Bowen Byram is the best defenseman out of the Western League since Scott Niedermeyer. Uh, Niedermeyer went third overall in the draft, played four NHL games that year, went back to Kamloops, and then never looked back. Uh, Cam, uh, we're going to do this again over the summer. Thanks for taking the time to join us in Oilers now. All right. Thanks very much. You bet. That's Cam, play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. Bob Stauffer with you. Dave Campbell coming up next. We'll get a bit of a preview in the Eskimos uh, preseason encounter coming up on Sunday. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, very quickly, uh, I'm going to get to two texts on our Heartland Ford text line. The Fizzler. Bob, I had Royal Pizza for the first time recently, and I've got to admit, it was probably one of the best pies I've had in a long time. I don't always agree with Bob on the Oilers, but I can't argue with his culinary insights. That one comes to us from the the Fizzler. And the Don says, Bob, I want to hear from Edmonton Oilers fans. I don't want to hear from old washed-out agents or Eastern media hacks. I care about uh, what the ticket buyers have to say. Not that you guys, uh, not guys that have never bought a ticket in their lives. What are you afraid of? Take some calls, Bob. That one comes to us from Don. Don, just for you, if we don't have any fluid situations come to uh, fruition on uh, Monday, we'll take some calls Monday at 1 o'clock. We bring aboard Dave Campbell. He is the color analyst of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, works with Morley Scott on the Eskimos radio broadcast. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, Bob. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. Uh, let's bang through this quickly. The uh, They got the CBA thing hammered out. Yes. Was there any nervousness there for a while? Uh, there was, especially last Saturday when the owners decided to reopen the CBA and uh, discuss uh, about a, a major item which had to do with the ratio. Okay. And that turned into a big-time firestorm. And, you know, it's interesting that at around 9.30, the PA sent a, uh, a memo out or a, a media release saying we've agreed to terms of the original deal that we signed on Wednesday. Okay. But uh, half hour before that, they were ready to walk. They, they were ready. So. They, so has there been a change in the ratio? There will be no change in the ratio. What is the ratio right now? You have, seven. You have to have seven Canadian starters? And more importantly, yes, that's correct. And more importantly is you have to dress 21 Canadians on your roster, and that number wanted to be that some of the owners wanted to drop that. Why do we have to, four, 46 players on the roster? 46 players. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so uh, you know, I, I think um, I think you got to give the PA a lot of credit because they were prepared this time. Uh, unlike past CBAs where they could only do so much, and right. the owners had them right again, you know, right back against the wall. Take this deal, or else, hey, too bad for you. Eskimos had uh, an MVP caliber quarterback, Mike Riley. He left. He went to the BC Lions. Yep. They now have Trevor Harris. Uh, early in preseason in training camp, what are you seeing? Well, it's definitely a different offense. Where Mike Riley was a uh, risk taker, explosive. I'm going to you know push the ball down the field and push the ball down the field. I'm going to attack defenses with my legs. Trevor Harris is going to be more of the Ricky Ray mold where it's throw the ball to the open guy, take what the defense gives you. He will take his shots, but I don't think he's going to be he's he's not going to be as risky as Mike Riley is. So, it may not look as explosive, it might look a bit more efficient. Um what what you see Bob all over the place is just there's so much new with this roster. There okay. could be seven new starters on offense, there could be seven new starters on defense. Wow. That's 14 out of 24. So, but for Trevor Harris, I'll tell you 
what he does bring is, uh, you know, a lot of good leadership. Uh, he's a different style leader than Mike Riley, who was very much... He's won a great cup, right, Trevor Harris? Yeah, yeah, back in 2016 as a backup to Henry Burris, but okay. he was pretty prominent in that year. He and helped. did Ottawa not make it the last two years? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, you know, hey, it's, uh, you know, it's it's... It's a kind of a boomer bust move, in my opinion. It's okay. either going to pay dividends or it's going to be a disaster. There we go. So. Dave Campbell joining us. Dave, uh, the one thing that's driven me nuts when I watch the Eskimos, and I don't, I'm not on it as close as you and Marley obviously are. Let me guess. You know where I'm going, right? <laughs> like I grew up watching explosive special teams. Yeah. And the Eskimos have had a decent kicking game. Uh, you know, Hugh O'Neill, a punter, uh, White's a, an effective, efficient kicker. I don't mm-hmm. think he's got the biggest leg. But the return game has seemingly sucked forever. Are today is that, is that going to change? Do you think? I don't know, and that's the biggest question or the biggest answer or the best answer I can give you for the biggest question that's out there is is the return game going to be any better? Uh, AJ Gas is the new special teams coordinator, and uh, you know he was a very good middle linebacker and a very good special teams player. Um, he's trying to simplify special teams. Where the last couple of seasons under Corey McDermott, the special teams coordinator, it was a bit too complicated, I would say. And I think the players initially they like it. Um, so we'll see how it how it, how it is in a game situation. And AJ Gas says, "Look, I have I have about six seven rules for a returner. Okay, if you do these things, you're going to get your your chance to make some plays." out there. So they're kind of hurting the Do return. Do they have the actual physical well, tools in the spot to have a, a decent return? I game? think they do. I mean, they, they had they have Martise Jackson in the fold again, Okay, but he got hurt uh, okay. yesterday. Okay. Uh, Shaq Cooper got hurt a couple days ago. Jordan Robinson is back. He had a good preseason last year and did okay. the job kind of in the first six and games. Cooper was a running back as well, right? That's or, right. Okay, yeah. but he also returns kicks? Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Okay. And also, I'll bring up a name, uh, Shai Ross, who's out of the University of Manitoba, was a kind of a a later round pick for the Eskimos, mid to late round. Okay. Uh, University of Manitoba uh, receiver and does have some kick return. Let me ability. guess. He played BC Junior before he went to Manitoba. Well, don't, I, don't, I have to look that up. Don't they all? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, but, Brian Doby. I think Brian's still coaching <laughs> that program. But I'm thinking of a name like Nick Dembski, who has yeah. re- had re- has returned in the league before, and for he's Ottawa, a Canadian. Right, yeah. yeah, for the Riders and for the Bombers, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So. I don't know. It's it's the hardest question to answer because you don't have really high expectations on the return game. So you hope you're surprised. How many right. guys, very quickly, how many guys uh, out of Ottawa now with the Eskimos? Well, you got Trevor Harris. You got uh, Sir Vincent Rogers, Greg Ellingson. Uh, there's some other guys that are depth, like uh, Josh Stangby, one of the receivers. Wow. There's a lot of Ottawa flavor here. What time does the game start Sunday? 2 o'clock, 12.30 is countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30, Chet. Inside sports tonight? Yes, we have that show. A fluid show? Uh, very fluid. Absolutely. Uh, Cam Moon will be on the show. Oh, we it, love Mooner. It's double duty. It's double Mooner. You got to tell me if it's double duty. Oh, Mooney. it's double duty. Yes. Okay, don't tell Kelsey Campbell, our executive uh, producer. That's all right. Anyway, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the Memorial Cup. Why does the Western Hockey League stink at, at the uh, <laughs> Memorial Cup? You probably talked about that too. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't Thanks hear that interview on the previous segment, yeah. just before we'll, you were on, we'll do it again tonight. Okay. Uh, Terry Crisp, we love Terry Crisp. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, the last time the St. Louis Blues were in the Stanley Cup Final, Terry Crisp was on that team. Hey, how about this? Today's the 30th anniversary of the Flames winning the 1989 Stanley Cup. Oh my goodness! Really? Yeah. The Oilers. Wow. And I think it's the 30th anniversary of the Oilers. Are they? 29th anniversary of the Oilers winning the Cup, by the way. Oh, there you go. There you go. go. Dave, great stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bobby. You bet. That's Dave Campbell. uh, Works on Inside Sports as well. Uh, That's tonight with Reed Wilkins. Six to eight. Uh, We are going to go to this day in Oilers history. And... uh, 
This says it all, and I'll tell you a quick story after. What do you got, Brendan? Well, let's just hear it uh, straight as it happened. Ghoul gets in there, and Oilers are going to clear. Once again, Hockey Night in Canada salutes the Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup champions 1990. That's right, the Oilers get two-point nights from Glenn Anderson and Craig Simpson, helping them pass the Boston Bruins to win the Stanley Cup final in five games. It was the fifth and final cup win for the Oilers. Mark Messier getting the cons, my Glenn Anderson walking Ray Bork. That's what I remember that game. Oilers building up a 2-0 lead. Uh, you know what else I remember? I remember where I was. Wells, B.C. Called my cousin Michael after. Stoked that the Oilers had won the cup again, fifth time in seven years. Would have never thought that I would have been privileged enough to have been in the current role I currently have. Who would have thought that? All right. Again, Reed Wilkins inside sports, 6-8 to eight tonight. Monday, fluid show. John Shannon, no matter what, will be one of our guests. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jayla Knight. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.